Hey, hey, hey. It's opinionated facts doing the best Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard impression I can do. I am one-thirds of your opinionated facts, boys. Out here flying solo today. No guests, no co-host. My co-host, man, they, they got to get it together. I mean, no sick days for me. Uh, my co-host, Brandon Way and, 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 and Jacqueline Ruiz, them guys, man, they get sick. They get sick more than a, than a, than a newborn baby sitting, sitting outside in Alaska with no coat. It's, it's incredible. These guys, guys are always feeling under the weather. These guys are always, always, uh, the sugar, the sugar levels are always sky high. Uh, their, their metabolisms are very, very slow. And I mean, I mean, it's time, it's time these guys got to do a little better. I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to lack sympathy, I guess, for those guys. But this is the kind of relationship we got. And they got to understand that, you know, they're, they're messing up the sky box because they're never around. So I'm flying solo today. Um, I am, like I said, I am one third of your opinionated facts, boys. I am Red or, or Brandon or Rudy or Coach Rudy or whatever you want to call me, the, the, Donald Trump of Sports Talk podcast, like my, my co-host likes to call me. We are here on RTF Sports Network, and I got a few things to talk about for our Super Bowl goals. Uh, I got some things I want to touch on outside of that. In reference to the Super Bowl, I have some things like... You know, Jay-Z and Beyonce not standing for the anthem. Do we care? Is it a story? Is it not a story? Pat Mahomes being the MVP. Did he deserve it? Who knows? I don't think so. I mean, I think he played okay, but did he deserve it? Eh. There's a guy named Damian Williams that would like to have a say on that, probably. Uh, we'll get into all that. We'll get into all that. I want to say I know I just said all that stuff about my co-host, but I was I was joking. Um, I do wish them a healthy and speedy recovery um, since they're not here and they can't be here, but they will be back and they will be better. So we have nothing to worry about. And that's a promise. So I want to get to this Pat Mahomes the Super Bowl. All right, I took the Chiefs. I picked the Chiefs to win, and they did that. They did every bit of that. Number one, I can't get used to this. I'm, the studio that I'm sitting in currently, um, it's very, it's very loud. It, uh, it's it, it's raining where I'm at in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's coming about, it's coming down pretty good, and the 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 rain is hitting the windows, and I mean. It's it's kind of soothing at times. It's going to put me to sleep, and I'm trying to get used to it. Trying to get used to the the sounds of of the rain hitting the windows. I don't know if you guys could hear it, but it, it's definitely happening, and it's almost it's it's almost put me to sleep. And for a person that hasn't been to sleep since Sunday Sunday night, it's currently Tuesday morning, and I'm you know I'm uh, if I if you hear me yawn a few times, if you hear me. If you hear a yawn or, or or two or three, don't be offended. I am not I am not bored with this. I, I love to do this. It's the fact that I just haven't slept. Period. So, anyway, back to the Super Bowl. I took the Chiefs. I'm a big, big, big Red fan. Uh, Kansas City. I am. I was always a, a Andy Reid guy, even in his days in in, in Green Bay. And when he came, when he came to Philadelphia, and he decided to bring, he decided to bring Doug Peterson along with him to be the starting quarterback. I, that to me was his worst career move. But if that's your worst career move, and and twenty years of, of being a head coach, you know you're you're not doing a bad job. You're not doing too bad of a job. So. 
that was the only gripe I've ever had with him. The fact that he offered a guy the starting position before training camp, before they even knew who would be in Philadelphia. I thought that was, I understand why he did it. He wanted the guy on the team. I get it, you know, to get him to go with him, you know, off him the starting job. Okay, great. So, but it worked out for Philadelphia anyway, because Doug Peterson came back years later and took us to our first Super Bowl. So how could you be mad at that? I mean, he, Andy Reid has, has done a lot for the NFL. He's done a lot for, for his players. He's done a lot for the organizations that he coached for. I know Philadelphia, they weren't winning. They weren't winning a thing before Andy got there. I mean, they were playing at the vet. They were they 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 didn't have a winning mentality. They didn't have a whole lot of pride. And those things, you know, Andy Reid brought to the city of Philadelphia. He brought a winning mentality. He brought expectations with him. He brought he brought Donovan McNabb. At, and people, you know, a lot of Philadelphia fans feel feel they feel differently about McNabb. Um, like certain Eagle fans love him, certain Eagle fans hate him. They think he's negative. You know, he has these he has issues showing Philadelphia love now for whatever reason. It seems like at times, and you know, but he they he brought McNabb and McNabb took the Eagles to a Super Bowl, and he took them to four straight NFC titles. And, you know, Andy Reid is responsible for all those things. He's responsible for Deshaun Jackson being in Philadelphia. He's responsible for 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 um, Cox being in Philadelphia. He's responsible for for McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, Shady McCoy being in Philadelphia. He's responsible for building a franchise, not just being a coach. He, was, he, built, a fran- he built a franchise. He, bought, he brought a lot of things that a lot of people – even first down Freddie, fourth and 26 against Green Bay in the playoffs. Now, first down Freddie didn't work out. Freddie Mitchell didn't work out too well for the Eagles, but he brought them. That's my point. He brought a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of positives. And he did, he did the same thing with Kansas City. You know, he, his first year in KC, he, he did what? He went to the playoffs. You know, those, he had, at that time, he had Alex Smith at this quarterback. And, he, Alex Smith is he's he's Alex Smith. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna kill you in a game. He's not going to he's not going to burn you in a game. He's 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 a glorified game manager. I don't think he's on the same level as Trent Dilfer back when he won the Super Bowl, but he he just wasn't on the same level as some other guys. Alex Smith has always been just a glorified game manager, in my opinion. But, you know, shout out to him, his his recovery. I mean, my understanding is he almost lost his leg in his life. So I'm not at any, I'm not at at all dissing the guy (laughs) about his play. It's just, you know, you are what you are in the NFL. And and he he is like a game manager. So Andy Reid makes the decision to go with Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes has become... One of, if the not, best quarterback in the league. Um, apparently, he does things that, you know, we, we, never seen. We haven't seen guy a guy run across one side of the field and throw back across another part of the field. Throw the ball on a rope, completed for fifty yards. All the things that you're not supposed to do as a quarterback. Throw back across your body. I mean, this guy does things that are frowned upon, that, that were frowned upon in the league for years. And the plays and the things that he does that are unorthodox and that are frowned upon and that are most... And, and defensive players love guys that, that do things like this because it's usually a big play for them interception a fumble a sack fumble a strip whatever this no but not this guy this guy if he gets out of the pocket he's going to make a play 
he could go for 40 yards, a 40-yard run on you because he's tricky athletic. The, the Pat Mahomes is tricky athletic. And he just doesn't seem like an athletic guy to me. And he starts running, and it's like he's not really running. He's, it almost seems like he's gliding at times. He's, it's like, oh, oh, he almost, oh, he almost had an ah. And it's a lot of things. And then you got to be careful because, okay, you got to watch his feet. But at any point on the run, he could let the ball fly 55 yards in the air. And then it's like, what the heck just happened? So, I mean, big ups to Pat Mahomes, big ups to Andy Reid, and big ups for Andy Reid making that decision to go with Pat Mahomes. Uh, Now we are seeing, you know, a generational talent in, in Pat Mahomes. He is... He's going to be, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I mean, it's his third year. He's already won an MVP. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's already won an Super Bowl MVP. The success that this guy has had in three years, some haven't had in a 15-year career. Donovan McNabb. <laughs> no way dissing Donovan McNabb, but I'm just saying, like the the amount of success this guy is already having is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. So, gets to the point. All right, watch the Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs win, and you're watching it in the fourth quarter. Time's ticking down. Eight minutes. It's twenty to ten. It feels like 49ers kind of won this already, especially with that last pick down in the red zone. Like, it feels like, oh, crap, that just happened. Game's over. I felt like the game was over, and I thought about turning it because, like I said, I was going for Kansas City. I wanted to see Andy Reid get his first championship. And as soon as that happened, as soon as he threw that pick, I said out loud, I said out loud to myself, well, to actually one of my kids, but they don't know what I was talking about. I said out loud to one of them, Andy just can't win the big ones. Doesn't matter what he does. So I was basically giving up on them when the score was 20 to 10. 49ers were up 10. And there was there was absolutely no life left in that sideline. There was no life left in 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 belief in me that they could ever come back from that, even through that pick. Now, with that being said, I already knew in my head if anyone can be, if anyone can lose this game, it's Kyle Shanahan, because he has lost Super Bowls like this after being up by a bigger margin than he was up previously. 49ers versus the Chiefs. Kyle Shanahan, if people don't remember, used to coach for the Falcons. And at one point, Atlanta was up 28 to 3, I believe, on, on New England. And all things looked like Atlanta would be the next Super Bowl champions. And that, as we all know, didn't happen. It ended up being one of the greatest comebacks ever. The GOAT Tom Brady has stunned the city of Atlanta. And they didn't get their first Super Bowl. I mean, I remember Arthur Arthur Blank, the the Falcons owner, he had came down to the field. He's slapping high fives and hugging people. And, you know, he was down there because at, at the time the game was over. The game looked over. And he came down there, and he's hugging people and high-fiving, and he's super soon-to-be Super Bowl champ. And what does Tom Brady do? He rips his heart out. And he's still that Super Bowl. And I feel like GMs and owners, for God's sakes, would you please, please stay up where you're sitting. If you're in the booth at all, um, stay up there. Stay in the booth, GMs and owners. Use are bad luck on the sidelines. I want to get to that. Um, also, I want to take a quick break first. 
You're listening um, to RTF Sports Network, Opinionated Facts. We will be back soon. And we are back here on RTF Sports Network. You're listening to Opinionated Facts, Opinionated Facts Podcast, Opinionated Facts Facts Boys. Uh, I am one-third of your hosts. I am Red. Brandon. I am Brandon. You know, my friends, my friends call me Red. Um, I am one-third of the only part of Opinionated Facts that's in the building today, unfortunately. Uh, my co-hosts, they, they, you know, they, they, they didn't want to be like Mike and, 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 and compete and go down in history for, for, for having one of the best days of their life like MJ did with the flu game. You know, they wanted to sit it out and... So I'm here. I'm here to. I'm forced to do it my do it do it on my own, which is fine. It's fine with me. I'm I'm fine. I can do it. I got broad shoulders. For those who haven't seen me, got real got real broad shoulders. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but you know I was in the gym last night and you know I, I, my shoulders are pretty broad. It's a, it's a good shoulder workout. But anyway, back to what I was saying before I left. Um, I was getting to the fact that. GMs and owners, they come down to the sideline. It seems like almost every Super Bowl, it seems like someone comes down to the sideline. They want to enjoy that moment with their teammates. And it almost seems like it's premature because John Lynch came down a little premature. A little premature. He came down like, oh, game's over as well. Just like Mr. Blank did in Atlanta. And when you do that, <laughs> when when you do that, the camera starts to hit you a little different. You start to look nervous when the comeback starts to happen. You start to they and and and, and Fox Fox went to John Lynch a little more than I thought they should have. Like they're looking at him like, hell, here comes this comeback. Oh, God, they just scored. It's 20 to 17. Oh, now it's 24 to 20, uh, you know. And things, you can see, actually, it was a it was a camera shot of him biting his nails. And it's like, you guys got to stay up in that box where you guys were at. You get ahead of yourselves. You think, you think, oh, you know, hey, we won this game. I'm going down there. I'm going to be with my guys. Well, that didn't happen. So, Kyle Shanahan found another way to lose another Super Bowl, having the lead in the fourth quarter. I don't want to blame Kyle Shanahan. He can't play. He's not playing the game. He's 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 coaching. His his players are responsible. The Joey Bosa's and the and the the Richard Sherman's are responsible. And I felt like Joey Bosa, man, he is I don't know how long he can he can he can do the things that he's doing, but being a rookie and dominating one of the best left tackles in the league, I mean I felt almost felt bad for Fisher, even though I know Fisher's a he's a heck of he's a heck of a tackle. But I felt like Bosa almost every play, he may have not made the play, he may have not gotten a sack. But he was there. Like, I understand why that front line of the 49ers is so good. I understand why that defense is so good. Their front four gets pressure with just four. They don't have to bring anybody. They don't have to bring a linebacker on a blitz or a corner blitz or a safety blitz. They get enough pressure with just those four guys. And it's quick. They're in the backfield quick. Joey Bosa was back there in, in a split second. I mean, it's Hut and it's and there's one Mississippi and he's there. So I I, I know I'm, I'm getting on Kyle a little bit about blowing leads in the Super Bowl, even though he wasn't the head coach in Atlanta at the time. But you know, they I feel like him being the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, they got a little hesitant. Uh, they didn't play to win, and I felt the same way about the 49ers. Right before halftime, they had three timeouts left. They could have called a timeout, 
when Kansas City punted the ball, they would have given them a minute and 30 seconds, 30 some seconds to go before halftime, and they could have went down there and tried to score. But instead, they came, they didn't call the timeout. They got the ball back before halftime with under a minute with all three timeouts, and they ran the ball, and they won in the halftime with a 10 10 tie. And it didn't seem, they didn't, they didn't seem like they were playing to win. It seemed like Kyle there was just, you know what? I don't want to do anything stupid. I'm just going to, I'm going to play not to lose. And when you play that way, you lose. And it's happened twice now in huge games with Kyle Shanahan. And like I said, I'm not all blamed not to be on Kyle Shanahan. He's the coach. So yes, he's like the quarterback. When you lose games a certain way, you're going to get blamed. It comes with the territory. It comes with being the best player on your team. You're going to be blamed for things that you may not necessarily deserve the blame for. And Kyle Shanahan may not deserve all the blame, but he deserves part of it. But the 49ers defense, you know, the number one defense in the league, they choked. Richard Sherman, Joey Bosa, those guys that I just mentioned that had that are great. First of all, Richard Sherman, he's not the same guy that he was in Seattle. And he doesn't do well with, with speed. He's not a man-to-man guy anymore. He's a more of a deep third guy. A cover two guy. A zone, a zone guy, maybe. Because he doesn't handle speed very well. I mean, at, at, at that play towards the end of the game, Sammy Watkins ran past him like he was standing still. Like Sherman was, don't get me wrong, I, I don't necessarily like Sherman, but I always respected his talent because he is he brings it, and he believes in himself. Like people think he's cocky, the cocky guy. He's a, but he's super super intelligent, and he's super super confident. And those are all things you need as a corner in in the NFL. You know you need those as a corner almost in any level. If you're not confident to the point where people think you're cocky. You're not going to make a very good corner. Corners, all DBs have a cocky attitude. All the good ones that I've met have a cocky attitude. It's almost, it's like they're they're born to play that position when they're that way. Me personally, I played corner for like a three days in high school. I wasn't a cocky person and I wasn't real confident. And I got burnt the first play of the first game of my I played linebacker all throughout like my my middle school career and wide receiver. I went I moved the corner. I was tall for a corner, you know, I was six foot at the time probably. Um I I bit on a on a it was it was the first play of the game. It was a um it was a hitch and go and that quarterback pumped that and I bit on it. I I ran up and that the the, the receiver took off. I couldn't catch him. I mean, it was about an 80-yard touchdown, first play of my high school career. And that guy flat out just burnt me. I, For whatever reason, we were playing deep third. I had no safety help. He fell down in the middle of the field. He still, to this day, I get angry when I see him because had he not fallen, I wouldn't have got blamed for the for the play, the, the massacre that happened. But I got blamed. He fell in the middle of the field. He was never even talked about by the coaches. Like, oh, that can't happen. The first thing they say is me, oh, that can't happen. That can't happen. You know, they take me out of the game. They're talking to me. They're going off on me about letting that happen, biting on the pump fake. And But, you know, you're playing deep there. You can be a little more aggressive. The guy caught the field, caught the ball in the middle of the field. He, he lined up on my side. And if you're right, it shouldn't have happened. But come on. Safety's still responsible. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it, coaches. Anyway, back to the, the, the 49ers. I'm sorry, I get off track easily. Back to the 49ers choking. The 49ers defense choking. Garoppolo, he played exactly how I thought he would play. The same way he's been playing all year. Not overly aggressive. Not incredibly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's, he wasn't just, he wasn't, he just wasn't incredible. He wasn't, he, he doesn't, you don't see him and he doesn't scare you. You don't say, you know what, we got a, we got a plan for Garoppolo today. You know, he did exactly what I thought he would do. He played, he played okay. 
and he played exactly how I expected. He played enough not to lose the 49ers the game. I don't know if he did enough to win them the game, though. <laughs> Same thing, like their 49ers running game, it wasn't great. Like it's been all year. It was okay. I tell you what, that Debo Samuel kid, oh my, that kid is going to be a star. He's going to be a freaking star. Joey Bosa, if he continues to to do the things he's, he was doing all year and in the Super Bowl, star, flat out, superstar. But they choked. The 49ers defense, they choked. To be the number one ranked defense, you're up 20 to 10. All you have to do as a defense is not give up 10 points in the fourth quarter in the last eight minutes of the game. But not only do you not do that, you give up 21 points in under eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's unacceptable. I haven't heard anyone really talk about if the defense choked or not. Regardless of the situation and where they were getting the ball at in the field and what was going, what transpired, they gave up 21 points in the last eight minutes of a Super Bowl when you had the number one ranked defense in the league. That's, uh, it sounds like a choke to me. Sounds like they, the moment was a little too big for them. That's what it sounds like to me. I feel like the moment got a little too big for that defense. And guys, guys started to choke. Richard Sherman was giving up, giving up a bunch of yards, yards in bunches. But then again, that's what Mahomes does. He puts up a lot of points in a short amount of time. Which is why some people are hailing him one of the greatest. I'm not getting into that. I'm not saying all that. But people are saying, you know, he does some things that could be the greatest quarterback of all time. And I hate when I say hear that because he has a lot of work to do. It's only he's only his third year starting. Like, come on. But He's very impressive. That Niners defense. Ah, you choked. I'm sorry, 49er Nation. There's a lot of 49er fans where I live. They call them, they call themselves gang gang. You know, they're very arrogant. They have a place in Lancaster called the 49ers Den, which is an immaculate place. You gotta see this in someone's basement. But it's it's crazy. But I know they were in there and they were sad. So, gang gang that, 49er Nation, your defense, your number one ranked defense, choked. Choked in the Super Bowl. And it happens. It's not the first time a defense is choked. And it ain't going to be the last time that a defense chokes. You just got to own it. And I know people are going to disagree with me, and that's fine. That's fine. They can disagree. It's okay. It ain't gonna be the first time someone disagree with me. My co my co-hosts do it all the time. But they don't know what they're talking about. They have no idea. My co-host today, yesterday, went to visit him and he said, Hey, you know, you're gonna 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 record the show, you're gonna do the show? Absolutely. He said, Oh, you're gonna have a guest come on? I said, no, no, I'm not gonna have a guest come on. I'm going to do it myself. And he didn't believe. He didn't believe in me. He didn't believe I could do it on my own. But here we are. I'm sitting here. And I'm doing it. And you know what? He's going to call me later on. He's going to listen to the show. And he's going to hate. He's going to be a hater. And that's fine. I'm getting off topic here. I'm getting back on topic. Got to the 49ers defense choking. Which is great for... Philadelphia fans that wanted to see Andy Reid win his first Super Bowl and that is an incredible story Philadelphia you know we've been we we still support Andy Reid they I don't want to say we but they still support Andy Reid but they're still Andy Reid is always going to have a Philadelphia Eagle bloodline there's nothing anyone can do to get rid of that that it is what it is and he's he's you know, I just want to congratulate them because they 
he, they did a phenomenal job all season. You can't take nothing away from them. But I do want to take a short break. You're listening to Opinionated Facts on RTF Sports Network. Uh, we're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back. And we are back. RTF Sports Network. This is Opinionated Facts. I am one-third of your hosts on Opinionated Facts. I'm Red Brandon, the guy that gets it popping in the old head community. Uh, the Donald Trump of sports talk radio, apparently, or sports talk podcasting. My co-host likes to call me that. And because he's not here, I'll do it for him, even though he's disrespectful. I, You know what? My co-hosts, both of them, are very, very disrespectful people. And... I don't get to talk. I don't get to talk much about that because you know we're always sharing the platform, and I'm one of those people that don't like to talk bad about people that aren't around. But today I'm going to make an exception because I've said some things about them already, and you know what? I can't think of two guys that deserve it more. <laughs> I'm just joking. Those are my guys. Love those guys. Couldn't do it without them. So. You know, I want to touch on something that I watched, and then we can get off the whole Super Bowl thing. But I watched during, watching the game, and as the 49ers were just crumbling, you, the the camera cuts to like Debo Samuel and both, and you could these guys are crying, which is no, there's nothing wrong with crying, nothing wrong with it at all, no issue with it, fine with it, but. I think, and I don't want to say this and sound insensitive, but is there a time and place for it? Because, you know, we're grown-ass men at the end of the day. Like, I'm going to go into the locker room. Like, I can't, I've never played on that level. I've never been in the Super Bowl. I mean, I've been to some championship game, games that, you know, I've had close to shedding some tears about not winning. Um, and this is the Super Bowl. This is the biggest game in sports. So not taking anything away from how big that moment is for those guys. But I think you got to find a towel. You got to find a towel. You got to find a, a space where there's no cameras. You got to find a locker room. I mean, the, cry, the crying's got to stop on the sidelines, man. Like, there should be no crying in football. There should be. But it just shouldn't be seen. And maybe I'm wrong for saying this. I know, you know, my son lost in the semifinals of his of his midget league championship last or his playoff last year. And, you know, he cried almost the whole way home. And it annoyed me to it annoyed me a bit. It annoyed me a little bit. Because I felt like, you know what? We'll be back. My mentality for him, though, and maybe he, you know, he's only 10 at the time, 10 years old. He probably didn't see it how I seen it. You know, they lost. It was the first game they lost all season. And they lost in semifinals. And, it, you know, I, I, it was a tough loss for me as a parent to see it, to watch it and see it happen. So I, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't playing. I don't know what these emotion, emotions are like with kids his age. But, you know, he, he, he started crying. He, he cried as soon as it ended. He cried in the car. And as a parent, you know, I just, you know, try to be there for him. I really wanted to say, shut the hell up, man. We're going to be back. We're going to work hard in this offseason. We'll be back. Don't worry about it. But you got to be sympathetic to to how these people feel. I think my, my issue with him, with my son was, he was crying amongst everyone. I didn't mind he was crying in the car with me. But I even expected it. I didn't want nobody else to see that weakness as I, I thought was a weakness. And maybe that's my own issue. I thought him, other people seeing him cry was an issue. And I don't know, maybe I'm, like I said, maybe I'm a little insensitive to those kinds of things. But, you know, these these grown men that lose these games, <clears throat> especially Super Bowl, you normally, almost every year, you see someone on the sideline crying. And it's an emotional sport. It's an emotional game. But... I almost feel like, you know what? You got to find a locker room. You got to find a towel. You got to find a towel. You know, when you want to cry on the sideline, I get it. Cry on the sideline, but cover your face. 
Like, cause Debo had an ugly crying face. I didn't want to see it. And he's one of the toughest kids I've seen. That dude is he he's he's going to be he's going to be a star in my eyes. I mean, this guy is a running back that plays receiver, that plays slot, that plays everything. And I I didn't want to see him cry because he had nothing at all to be ashamed about. I mean, he played his heart out. He 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 was he was he I mean, he did everything you asked him to do. So, I think next time he just needs to get a towel. Uh Mahomes winning the MVP. I don't know. 286 yards passing, two touchdowns. He did have the two picks. I mean, yeah, could, was he eligible? Yeah. But Damian Williams, I think it's not always about your numbers. It's about the impact that you have on the game. And I feel like Damian Williams, he had 134 yards from scrimmage. He had 107, 104 yards rushing on 17 carries. He had four receptions for 29 yards. He also had two touchdowns. One receiving, one running, rushing. But I think the impact in which he had on the game was a little bit bigger than Mahomes. So, like I said, it's not always about the numbers. And Mahomes had the two picks. I think it's more about the impact. And I'm not sure... I'm not sure Mahomes had a bigger impact on the game than than Debo. And Debo put it, I mean, not Debo, um, Damian. And Damian put it away at the end with that last, you know, burst through the line to score a touchdown. He put it out of reach. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, if I was a voter, I was going with Damian. I knew that before they even announced it. But I thought, you know, NFL loves Pat Mahomes. People love Pat Mahomes. You know, they're going to go with, they always go with the quarterback. It's a quarterback award. Uh, they, the quarterback has to lose it. Another player can't can't earn it. I mean, the, another player, another position player, like a wide receiver or someone, they have to earn it. Quarterbacks just don't have to lose it. So they're MVP before the game even starts. They just have to not lose it during that game. And I mean, it sucks to see every time it's a quarterback, it's a quarterback. I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand it. Um, I know one thing. If there is a town that knows how to do Super Bowls, it is Miami. And I almost feel like the Super Bowl should be in Miami every year. I mean, I know they, they move it around a lot now. But it is just star. I mean, I, it's going to be star-studded. It's the Super Bowl. But holy crap. I mean, if you look at the pre-parties, post-parties, party parties, uh, if you're into that scene, anything, Miami was, it was, what the kids would say, it was lit. Miami was lit. I was in Miami back in December, and I wish, I I went to the Eagles-Miami Dolphins game down there, and I wish I would have just said, you know what, I'm going to the Super Bowl, and I'm going to travel to Miami, and I'm going to hang out down there. Because, though I had a great time, and this was just a regular season game, you had a Super Bowl in town. I can't imagine what the heck was going on down there. I mean, it is the perfect place for this kind of game, for this kind of party. It's the perfect place. The NFL is doing us a disservice by not having the Super Bowl in Miami every year. I mean, the halftime show was geared towards like a Miami-type theme. I mean, J-Lo and Shakira... And the Spanish music and just everything about it, the Latin feel to it. Like that, that's Miami. And I know there's some 50-year-old women out there looking at these women like, oh, you just disgust me. You know what? 50-year-old women that hated on that performance, and it was a great performance, by the way. Not because I'm a man and I look at them like, oh, they're, oh, look at that. Look, they're shaking their butts or whatever. No. You know what disgusts me, 50-year-old women that had a problem with this performance? You do. 50-year-old women that had a problem with this performance, y'all disgust me. Just give thanks that a 50-year-old woman can give you inspiration like that that J-Lo gave you yesterday by swinging on a pole at her age. And I ain't saying that to, to, to demean women at all. 
I don't mean like, oh, if you're 50 years old, you can still swing on the pole. That's great. No. I mean the fact that you don't just go out on the stage and do that. No, she had to work out. She had to work out. She had to she had to go through this routine. You know how many times she probably went through this routine? Her, Shakira. Shakira, another one, 43 years old. The what they did on that stage. And I don't I don't mean the, the booty shaking and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the performance that they put on. There wasn't a whole lot of singing from, from J Lo, but she's not a very good singer at times. But she's a heck of a performer. Janet Jackson, maybe not the greatest singer, but she's a heck of a performer. You have people like that. They're not necessarily singers or whatever. They're entertainers. They're entertainers. And J-Lo entertained. And I'm not even a J-Lo fan. You know, beautiful woman, 50 years old, to do what she did on that stage. Shakira, to do what she did on that stage. In Miami, mind you, when you go to Miami, you, 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 you see them. Not them, literally, but them. Like, they are like Miami women. They, that's what they look like. There's other women down there, obviously, but that's just the feel. The feel I got from that performance was the same feel I had being in Miami. I felt like it was an incredible performance. And they were getting a lot of heat from a lot of moms. And you know what? J-Lo and Shakira didn't discuss me. The moms that had a problem with discuss me. I said it. I said what I said. I said what I said. I'm not taking it back. I don't care. Um, we'll move on from it because I don't want any problems. I don't want I don't want people to I don't want people to attack me because I didn't do anything wrong. All I said was my opinion. And that's why our show is called Opinionated Facts. It's my opinion, but yes, it's a fact. Women that had a problem, women that had a problem with the performance, you disgust me. I had a guy at work tell me, "Well, I have my." My my 11-year-old daughter and my 14-year-old daughter and my 5-year-old son and my 9-year-old son watching it, you know, it wasn't kid-friendly. I said, well, you should have had him go to the kitchen then. And I said, your daughters, what do they care? That could possibly be them in a, in a few years. Maybe I should have said that. And he, I mean, women and kids for me are off limits. I shouldn't have said what I said, but I said what I said. Because he made me mad by saying something to me about... Uh, yeah, I think it was pretty classless. Classless? J-Lo was in a full bodysuit, dancing. She could have been in a thong. I've seen women perform in less. She was in a full bodysuit. But because she can move her hips so seductively, it's a problem? It ain't a problem. It's not a problem at all. You guys are unbelievable. This is a guy telling me this. You know what I thought automatically in my head. I thought automatically he was part of a different community than I am. Which is not a bad community. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. But I won't touch on that. I just felt like he was he was he was he was he was judgmental. He was being judgmental. You gotta give respect where respect is due. So, Jay-Z and Beyonce, catching a lot of heat from some people, even some of their own people, for sitting during the national anthem. Eh, is it their story? Eh, it's not necessarily a story. But it's Jay-Z and Beyonce. It's always a story. So they sat, Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, of course, and his girlfriend, of course, had something to say about it. Oh, I thought we were past kneeling. Uh, Colin, you're an idiot. I stuck up for you too many times. I stuck up. I'm with. Ka- I, I I said that, and I don't want to. I don't. I I am with Kaepernick's fight. You know, for equality. And I think he, again, great for for the world. But the things that he's done to try to get back in the NFL, I feel like he's done everything he can not to get back in. So he had a lot of people stick their neck out for him for this this past workout in Atlanta 
that he decided to call off, you know, two or three hours prior to it happening. GMs are in town. He decided to hold his own little workout. And he thought the NFL, it was a PR stunt by the NFL. But you know what I think? It was a PR stunt for him to move that workout and go somewhere else, to a high school, and, and do it. It was a PR stunt by him. This guy don't want to play no ball. He doesn't want to play no ball. He could have been playing ball. Jay-Z and Stephen A. Smith, guys like that, other African-American guys that have some pool in that, in that community, put their neck out on the line for this guy, their reputation. Get this man to work out. He was done wrong. And for him to say, you know what? I'm just not going to show up. Regardless of what he thought about it. And then throw the Kunta Kente shirt on on top of that. Like, I'm, hey, you're pro-black, even though he's not even freaking black. Like, he, I don't want to say that. Because as as African-American myself, I don't want to say that about other African-Americans. Like, oh, you're any less African-American than me or whoever. But I feel like Colin made that workout about him. And it wasn't about him. It was about everybody that's been fighting for this guy. That's been believing in this guy playing again. Has been believing in this guy being in the NFL again. Giving us hope. Giving other people hope. Giving kids hope. And I feel like he was given an opportunity. Though it may not have been the way he wanted it. It was happening. Like this is the first time I felt like, you know what? He has a real good shot at getting back to the NFL. If he shows up to this workout and he balls out. But to not keep your word or not show up and make it about him and himself only, and he thanked everybody at the at the words and the whole media, he had some media guys there and all that. Like, to me, I felt let down by Colin. I felt let down. I don't mind the Kunta, the Kunta shirt. I feel like it was, everything he does is calculated. Everything Colin does is calculated. Again, I don't mind. I'm a Colin supporter. But I, I, at some point, when do you stop? When do you say, you know what? You know what? This has been going on for three years, Colin, and you haven't made one stride to do try to do anything differently. So anyway, he was upset. You know, I thought we were past kneeling. And, you know, Jay-Z had made the statement before, like, you know, if this was three months ago, I understand. He was done wrong. And I believe he was done wrong. But if this was three months ago, yes, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't have said, we're, or, we're not, when are we going to be past kneeling? But this is three years. It's three years ago. How long is a person supposed to sit there and not do anything else? Just, you know what? It's been three years. And the guy, people are still kneeling. Kids are still getting shot in the street. When do we try something differently? When do you go, instead of fighting for a seat at the table <clears throat> that you may never, ever get, you have somebody go for you get a seat at the table. And the first thing he does when he gets a seat at the table, he says, I'm going to get this man a workout. And he gets this man a workout for this man not to show up. Because he really believes that he was done wrong. Jay-Z has been fighting the same fight that Colin Kaepernick has been fighting. They do it differently. They have different tactics. Doesn't make anyone wrong. Doesn't make any one of them more wrong than the other. I believe in the work that Jay-Z is doing. I believe in the work that Colin is doing. But Colin is doing it in a way that there's no growth. There are people that want to see this guy be successful. I want to see him be successful. My co-hosts want to see him be successful. We want to see him back in a light, whether it's a backup role, whether it's a starting role, whatever it is. And I feel like he's let us down. By just that workout. Prior to that, no. I don't. I felt like, you know what? If if Nate Peterman can start or get a start in the NFL or be a backup, 
I could be a backup in the NFL. So I know damn well Colin Kaepernick can. So yes, he was he's being blackballed to an extent. But he's also blackballing himself to an extent. And I I don't know how long we're supposed to sit back and and support a guy that is struggling to move forward. When there's people out here that want to help him along. They want to help him move forward. I want to help him. If there were anything I could do, I would do it. I mean, there's nothing I could do. I'm not on that, I'm not in, on that level. But if there was anything I could do to help the guy, even if it was a conversation, to make him maybe see it a different way, a different light. I talk to people all the time to, to, to make them understand certain things or, or to see if I was wrong in this situation. I'm not always right. I understand that. There's things that I've done or do that, you know what, at the time I thought, you know what, this is the right thing to do. And then I sit down with someone that I, I, I admire or is a mentor of mine. And he'll say, well, why didn't you think of this? And then I'm, right away I'm like, boom, you know what, he's right. I think Colin is getting some bad advice. And that's the problem. He's got these guys or people around him maybe that are putting batteries in his back. But, you know, they're his friends, so sometimes you just got to ride that wave. I get it. But to fight against a guy that's fighting for you, I don't know, man. I don't I don't agree with it. So to say, to put out the little tweet or whatever it was, the Instagram post or whatever, I thought we were past kneeling. Um, I, we are past kneeling. Jay-Z sat for a reason. He's just as calculated as anybody. But he's, 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 he's got a seat at the table. If there's anyone that can help help Colin, it's Jay-Z. And he's just powerful enough to, powerful enough to do it. Anyway, so All-Star Games coming up, All-Star Weekend and, and NBA. Uh, LeBron's decision to wear number two in honor of Gigi. I guess all the jerseys are going to be two or 24. LeBron chose the, the, the wear number two for his team because his daughter Zori. Makes perfect sense. Um, I think it's a great tribute. Uh, LeBron's always pretty good at stuff like this. Um, he's pretty calculated. Another guy that's calculated. Uh, so I can't wait. Personally, I can't wait. Can't wait to see it. So I will be tuned into that. Hopefully, we'll be back um, next week with all of us. I'm hoping that my co-hosts are back healthy and everything's good with those guys. And um, I'm sending my prayers out for them and. You know, other things going on around. Uh, I could go on. For, I could. I, mean, I could do this for three hours, but I'm running out of time. So I didn't even get to get to everything I wanted to get to. And I, I apologize. But this is Opinionated Facts. You're listening to us on RTF Sports Network. I will see you guys next week.